Hello, my beautiful boons, and welcome to the episode of today. So today's episode is all about doing what you are already capable of doing. It's about getting that thing done because all of us have an endless list of what it is that we could do, but what is it that you are going to do? And in this episode, I'm going to show you how it is that by actioning the things that you're always like, oh, I could do that, I could do that, I could. And when you say you could, you're talking about I'm legitimately capable right now of doing that thing. If you action the things that you could do, the small things now, then the bigger things that you want in life, those big dreams, those things that you're trying to chase, those aspirations that you have, they will become way easier to achieve and way more achievable in your mind. It becomes more believable for you to be able to achieve those things. And I'm going to explain why in this episode. Now, a bit of a life update, not a whole lot. I, Tyrone and I went down to Melbourne for the weekend. That was absolutely unbelievable. I love going to visit Melbourne. It is such a vibe. I've got a whole bunch of friends that live there. I get to see everyone, explore the lands, eat all the food, drink all the drinks. It was unbelievable. And then I came back and then I went straight to the Hunter Valley to celebrate my sister-in-law's or my future sister-in-law technically because I'm not married to Tyrone yet, Chanel's 30th birthday. And that was so amazing. And I just got back a couple of hours ago and I'm like scrambling to quickly put this episode down so it can go live when it's supposed to go live. Um, Quick little brain fact, then the topic of today's episode. And then of course, at the end, we have a listener question that I'll be answering. Also, very quickly, I did mention this on my socials and on my Facebook group, I believe. If you're not part of the Facebook group already, it's Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez. You just got to answer some basic questions and you're led into the group. But I am, DYFM is hiring someone two days a week. So if you're the right person, then definitely apply. So um, I need someone two days a week. I'm going to be doing interviews next week, but don't fret um, if you haven't yet submitted and you want to submit, you can still submit next, next week and I'll do a couple more interviews the following week. So don't freak out. Uh, but basically I need someone two days a week. You need to be based in Sydney for this role uh, because I need someone that actually wants to work face-to-face with me. I just hate working by myself five days a week. My right-hand man, Maddie, unfortunately, she lives in Melbourne, so we just do not work together. So I just cannot have another remote person. I need, but I also want someone who wants to work with me. I don't want someone who's like begrudgingly working, you know, face to face. So it's someone who has the same feeling that I feel where they like bounce off another person and they prefer to have that kind of energy because you know I also don't want someone who's like oh I'm fucking have to be here number one based in Sydney has to be face to face it's two days a week um with very 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 big potential to be three or more in the in the near future but starting two days a week has to be a gun at social media um no kind of how to run all social media, had to be relatively okay at editing, just basic editing, nothing too outrageous, has to be really organized. You know, like there are some people that are just organized to the bone. I am not that. So I would love someone who's very organized and also who can help with, you know, um, the um, online sales, customer support, all of that as well. So if that sounds like you or if you think that part of that sounds like you and you want to give it a crack, then send your CV to info at dyfmpod.com or at madison at dyfmpod.com. Good times. All right. So that is literally 
the latest in my life. Let's get straight onto a very short and sweet brain fact. So the brain fact of today is Munchausen's syndrome and also Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So what is it? And the reason I'm talking about this is because I was listening to, uh, I'm currently listening to a podcast. It's one episode released every week called Scamander. Fucking, if you know me, you know how much I love listening to podcasts about scams, cons, all the above. Oh, live and breathe it. Pyramid schemes. Love that shit so much. If you have a good one to recommend to me, please, I'm all ears. But this one's called Scamander and another one is called, oh, it'll come to me. Something about magic. It'll come to me. But it got me thinking that this is what I should do the brain fact on. So what is Munchausen's syndrome? So it's a rare psychological and behavioral condition where someone makes up and even induces or fakes symptoms of illness. So, um, oh, sorry, the podcast is called Believe in Magic. So there's Believe in Magic and there's Scamander. Go listen to both of them. So it is listed as a psychiatric mental health problem, but there is generally nothing physically wrong with the patient. And the origin of the name, it's after a German aristocrat called Baron Munchausen who was known for telling like wild stories and adventures of his past which were not necessarily true. So basically it's just named after someone who was known to be a liar. Lol for that person. So people with Munchausen's have these set of behaviours, like a pattern of behaviours that's kind of generally seen across the board with people that have Munchausen. So what are the behaviours? Lying about their past and certain aspects of their life, even if it's not related to the disease, they're often going to be telling lies in general about their past, lying about having symptoms to a disease that they claim to have, being dodgy or manipulating medical results to make it look like they have certain symptoms, um, doing things to actually bring on certain symptoms like harmful things. It could even be trying to poison themselves so they actually get the symptoms of, of the disease that they're, that they're faking, uh, seeing different doctors in many different areas, um, they might not stick to one doctor for a long period of time because this could then just give away the fact that they're not, they don't actually have that disease because they're not going to be diagnosed with the disease um, or the condition that they claim to have. What is it not? So it's not hypochondria. Hypochondria is when you genuinely think you are sick with something, okay? It's this genuine belief that you are sick with something. You're not being dodgy. You're not trying to manipulate anything. You just believe that you're sick. And people with hyper, who are hypochondriacs often believe that they're sick all the time and believe that something's always wrong with them, but they're not trying to fake it. They're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. They're not, they're not trying to be dodgy. Okay. That's hypochondria. Then there's malingering, malingering. And these people are pretending to be sick but more so to receive some sort of benefit like a worker's compensation, you know, like pretending that you fucked your back at work so you can get a payout or faking COVID so that you don't have to go into the office but then kind of can still get like COVID leave or whatever. So malingering is specifically to get some tangible, measurable benefit normally in the way of paid leave or a payout um, with Munchausen's, it's something that's kind of intangible. It's harder to measure and more so it's for like attention or, you know, um, for people to care about them or whatever it is. Now, these people will fake symptoms. 
They'll go to the doctor or the hospital. They'll say that they have all these symptoms. They're often going to look up the symptoms of a particular disease so it lines up, so it makes it look like they know what they're talking about. The doctor's going to run all these tests, find nothing, and then they send them home because they found nothing. And then they just go to another doctor and go to another doctor and they'll just keep going to all these different doctors and claiming that they've got all these, you know, symptoms. They can say things like that they're vomiting blood, they have a fever, pain, they've, they've been bleeding from their nose, all sorts of things. And these people normally have a very, very, very good understanding of the disease that they're trying to fake. Um, so they will even know when to induce a fever, how to induce a fever, how to do all of that. So it's like semi-believable. There's normally, with people with Munchausen's, there's normally a history of emotional trauma or abuse or emotional difficulties in that person's life. Uh, they maybe did have an illness during their childhood and that illness might make up a really big part of their identity. And it also is common in people that have really, really healthy, um, sorry, really unhealthy relationships, not healthy, unhealthy relationships. Why do they do it? Why do they affect these symptoms? Like what is the reason behind it? So it's not for a measurable gain, like I said. The only motivation is to be sick and there are theories behind why. So a lot of it comes down to, like I said, attention, medical attention because, you know, they, when, when you have medical attention, there's just so much care involved and so much detail that's, you know, so much attention that's paid to detail. And it might be the only way for them to feel good enough. They might like being associated, like they have this feeling of being cared for or receiving love and attention. And then they can blame any issue that they have on this disease and they don't have to blame it on themselves. So they feel like they're now good enough and any downfalls that they have or, or shortfallings, they can just blame on the disease. To diagnose it, you have to look at the person's history. If all medical tests are coming back clear and normal, then you kind of have to look at the person's history and see if you can find something in there or in their past that might indicate that they have Munchausen's. In a lot of cases, there will be people from their past who will be like, this fucking person is a fucking liar and they've always lied and they've always like told these crazy tales and then normally they'll – often they move from city to city so people can't really track everything that they've done um, – there's a famous case in Australia for another woman who faked cancer as well. Oh, my God. Belle Gibson. That's a really interesting one too. That I'm sure there's – I haven't listened to it, but I'm sure there's a podcast out there about that as well. Um, but, yeah, this whole idea of moving cities and, you know, coming up with a new identity every time, new communities, all of that. Now, what's really interesting is – something called Munchausen's by proxy. And this is where a person will fake illness in a person who is under their care. So this normally happens with, with someone's own child. So they're going to fake that their own child has an illness and they're often going to groom the child to go along with this illness and then maybe even get the child to believe some of it as well, obviously depending the age of the child and how much they can groom them. A really, really famous case of this was a girl called Gypsy Rose. Look it up. It's a hectic story. <laughs> Just look up Gypsy Rose Munchausen's by proxy and it will blow your mind if you haven't already heard this story. Like she, the mum ends up getting murdered. Like it's hardcore. Anyway, in Munchausen's by proxy, they might induce symptoms in the child by making the child sick or when I say child, by making the person under their care sick, they might give them certain foods or do certain things to restrict them from gaining access to things which could cause them to become more ill. Like in Gypsy Rose's case, the mum had this, the, her daughter confined to a wheelchair. So she, you know, was weaker and weaker and weaker when, when there was no reason that she had to be in a wheelchair and she just believed that she couldn't walk because it, she had been doing it from such a young age. 
Um, the red flags here is that they're very, very over the top with what is happening to their child. They're very controlling with the child. Obviously, I'm talking about a parent-child situation. They have a really, really good level of medical knowledge and this need to control the situation and they will never let the child be with the doctor alone. They always have to be present at all times whenever there's a doctor with the child. They're not going to ever leave the room. They're not going to have the doctor just have a private conversation. They might even be within the medical profession, so it's a lot easier for them to falsify symptoms and, and stories and all of that. Now, due to this, the child will then grow up grow up in that environment and then go with what the parent is telling them to do. And a lot of this comes down to grooming and being isolated from the rest of the world without the parent being there. So a lot of the time this this Munchausen's by proxy can can go from childhood into teenagehood into adulthood and then you think, well, where where's the line of responsibility? You're now an adult. But you've got to keep in mind that this child who is now an adult has been groomed their entire life. They've never been away from that parent. It's this like hectic control. So then you have to understand that that's a level of brainwashing that is almost unfathomable. Okay, so they're isolated, it becomes really difficult to know how much of it is the child's doing. Even though they themselves might be faking the illness, we always have to consider the role of how much brainwashing on the part of the parent and how emotionally abused that person is by their parent or caregiver. So that is Munchausen's and Munchausen's by proxy. Fucking hectic. And how is it treated? It has to be treated through psychiatric treatment. That is how it's treated. Um, good times. That is the brain fact for today. Let's get straight into today's episode topic. Okay, so as you've probably read, the topic of this episode, I'm guessing I'm going to call it, it's not about what you can do, it's about what you will do. Say that to yourself daily. It's not about what I can do or what I could do. It is about what I will do, what I am going to do, Okay. Today, I want to go over what is already in your grasp. We're going to cover what's already in your toolbox because I, as you are probably well aware, I talk about going after things, taking risks, putting yourself out there, learning something, you know, going through that difficult process of not being able to do something until you can actually do something, rising to the surface, you know, being resourceful, all of that. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Today, I'm going to talk about the fact that there is so much that you have right now at your disposal that I can guarantee you are not putting to good use. Nothing that you need to attain later and work for. I'm talking about shit that you have that you could technically do today or this week that you're not putting to good use. A big one is time, okay? A big one is actioning small things which would lead to massive things later on, but it's those little things every single day. You can come up with every reason under the sun as to why, you know, something might not have gone your way in your life or why you didn't succeed in something. But for most people, there, there are untapped resources just wasting away while they're trying to achieve something a lot harder and a lot bigger. And it is my belief that if you target 
the things that you're already capable of doing and maximizing what you've got within your resources now. All those things that seem so difficult and seem like, why can't I achieve it? Why? They become achievable. All of a sudden, bang, they become achievable, okay? Because it's got to do with discipline. It's got to do with applying yourself. If you don't know how to discipline yourself and you don't know how to apply yourself and the things that you already know how to do, and that you already could be doing, then how do you think you're going to be able to have discipline and apply yourself in the things that you don't yet know how to do, the hard things in life, the things that you really want to reach for? There are all these things that you would probably like to do but still need to acquire the skills, the resources, maybe money, networks, knowledge, qualifications for you to do it. But I just want to talk about what you have right now at your disposal and what your life could look like just by focusing on that, how your life, just by focusing on what you already have at your disposal, how your life could look vastly different if you were to maximize that versus what you're probably maybe doing right now and not maximizing that. And the vast differences, and we're not even talking about reaching outside of the realm of what's already in your disposal. Because I've got so many episodes that talks about how to become more resourceful, how to you know expand your network, how to do all those things. But even before we do that, you can transform your life already just by doing the things that you're already capable of doing, but just not doing for whatever reason. And I'm going to talk about why those reasons. There is a list of things that you can do in your life. So there's, you, could, you could write down a massive list of things that you're capable of doing. And that list, if you were to sit down and actually write it, would be vastly different to the list of the things that you legitimately would do. So what you are capable versus what you are willing to do. They're two very, 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 very different lists. And the capable list is infinitely longer and greater than the list of what you're willing to do. Because you're willing to do a lot less than what you're actually capable of doing. And that's scary. It's fucking scary. Because a lot of granted, there's a lot in that list that you're like, yeah, I fucking, I'm capable of doing it, but no interest. Thank you very much. And then fair enough. That's, that's fine. Obviously we're not all going to do everything. So that's fine. But there's a lot of things in that list that if you just applied it, your life would be so much better. You would maximize so much more. You would get so much shit done. You would increase your experiences, your everything. Okay. But we just don't do it. Or we try and then we stop and then we start again and then we stop and we don't see the results so then we stop again and we're just not really, you know, maximizing our time. You might not do things because you just don't care enough, because you don't value it enough or you've got your values skewed or you just have no interest in it whatsoever. The other reason that you might not do something that's on the list of the things that you're capable of doing but you're not willing to do is because you haven't prioritized and structured your life in a way that sets you up to actually follow through with the things that you can do. So what I want to do is I want to break it down into a couple of steps. There's going to be, I want to say five, six steps kind of that I'm going to go through in this episode for you to really change what you do with your time and to go from someone that's like, oh yeah, I could do that to someone who says, I do do that and I do it consistently and it is now part of who I am, okay? I want you to really change that. Oh, I could have done that. I could do that. I could have done that thing. I could have launched that thing. You didn't, you didn't and you're not. 
So let's talk about what you are doing and what you're going to do. Number one, let's talk about what it is that you are capable of right now. Physically, what are you capable of? And I don't, don't write this down because it's just too many things, but just rattle off 10 things. You can even pause this if you want. 10 things that you're physically capable of doing. Think about, you know, because everyone's physical capabilities are going to be different to an extent. Rattle off 10 things that you're physically capable of doing that you don't or that you don't currently do on a regular basis. Now think about mentally, what are you capable of doing? You know, whether it's reading, meditating, uh, problem solving, um, learning a language, playing an instrument, whatever it is, more, more kind of mental tasks. Uh, Time-wise, where, where, where do you actually have time in your day where you say that you don't have time in your day? S- start to think about, oh, there's actually this pocket here. Oh, I kind of waste a lot of time doing that thing. Oh, look at your time. What are you capable of time-wise? What about creativity-wise? So without writing it down, because this could just be an endless exercise, I just want you to just rattle off just very quickly, maybe five to 10 things from each category. Just think, wow, there's all these things that I'm capable of doing right now. If you're someone that, you know, wants to run a marathon, but can't run a marathon, do not put marathon running on that list. Okay. If you're someone that, you know, I'm talking about shit that you already can do. So, so it could be go for a run. I can run, but just not a marathon. Then you can, you can put that in the list. Number two, after you've just expanded your awareness and all the shit that you actually could do but don't do, I want you to, now this is where I want you to write it down. Get a piece of paper, unless you're driving or running or whatever, do it later. But I want you to get a piece of paper and write down in an ideal life with only the resources that you have right now. I'm not talking about in an ideal life where you win a billion dollars and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. With the time that you have right now, the job that you have right now, the resources that you have right now, in an ideal life, imagine, just be, let's be wild. Imagine that there was no temptations, no distractions, no procrastinations, no avoidance of discomfort. What would your day look like in a perfect world if you did the things that you say that you could do? What time would you wake up? What would your morning routine look like? How much time would you dedicate to the things that make you excited versus maybe distracting things like your phone or other things that might distract you that might eat up a lot of the time that you wish wasn't eaten up? What would it look like? And this is what I want you to write down because this is way more specific because out of that whole list that I spoke about of all the shit that you could do that you are capable of doing, there's only so much time in our day, but there's a lot more that you could be doing, likely, not everyone, but for most people, there's a lot more that they could be doing than they currently are doing. Okay. So write it down. Let's get very clear on what in an ideal world, your day-to-day could look like if you did the things that you could do, but just don't. Number three, ask yourself, why don't I do these things? I think it's important because it's not just, we're not idiots. You're not a fucking idiot sitting there. You're not some moron who's like, oh, I'm not doing it just because I don't know. There's a reason why you don't do something. And when you understand the reason, it's easier to work around it. It's easier to kind of workshop that thing and get it to stick. Okay. It's not, it's not so if you, you could sit there, you could sit there and just beat down yourself. I'm fucking dickhead. I'm a dickhead because I don't, I don't, but you get nowhere. It actually, it's damaging to you and it's fruitless. You get fucking nowhere. So let's figure out why. 
What are you prioritizing? Sometimes we prioritize different things. Sometimes you put work at the very, very, very top of your life and then you think, oh, everything else can come second. You know, sometimes you put everybody else in your life first and then you're at the bottom of the barrel. I have a whole episode about that. Um, ugh, can't remember the name of it. Wait, I'm going to pause. Uh, episode 20. 220, who is getting the best of you, a lesson in self-love. So that's a recent episode, so go check that out. So just ask yourself, what have I prioritized? Because it's, you know, maybe the reason that you're not doing something is because you haven't labeled it as a priority in your life and you need to understand why it should be a priority. The next thing to ask yourself is, do I think that there's a version of myself out there tomorrow, next week, whatever, who will want to do these things that I just don't want to do right now? There is no version out there that wants to do it more than you want to do it now. You always have to start. If, if you've tried something a few times and you're just like, oh, I'll do it later. Oh, I'll do it later. By the third time, I can guarantee you there's probably never going to be a version that's jumping up and down at the thought of doing that thing. So you just have to do it now. You, if you're uncomfortable doing it now, you're going to be uncomfortable doing it tomorrow. If you don't like waking up at 5 a.m. today, you're probably not going to like waking up at 5 a.m. next week or next month, okay? So it's just something that you have to really come to terms with the fact that that person that you've created in your head, that's another version of you that exists in the future, doesn't exist, okay? Delete, scrap, delete, because this, this um, version of yourself which is so perfect who has no temptations who has whatever that version of yourself is damaging the current version of you because you keep thinking oh yep that that's there that's fine it's it's this false safety net that doesn't actually exist and it only serves to be detrimental because it serves to procrastinate it serves to just keep putting off putting off putting off because you keep lying to yourself saying that version of me, which is just around the corner, is going to come in, replace me, and my life is just going to change. It won't happen. It won't happen. If it's uncomfortable now, it's going to be uncomfortable then. Deal with it. Let's just acknowledge it. Let's just admit that that's, it is what it is. The next thing, have you given up trying because when you've done it in the past, it's just been unpleasant? Because that might be a reason why you don't prioritize something. That might be a reason why you don't do the things that you could do that you'd like to do because you've just given up and now you, you're kind of beating down on yourself. Because I want you to give it at least another shot after this episode. I want you to try something. I'm going to give you a task at the end of this episode and it's going to hopefully set you up to start adding more and more things that you want to do into your day that you're already capable of doing. Have you lost sight of the importance of it? Sometimes you might get to, you know, we all – Everything happens in seasons in our life. Not, not all cylinders are firing at the same time and that's perfectly fine. That's fine to acknowledge that and that's just the honest thing to do. So maybe you're in a season in your life where you've just been overwhelmed with so much going on that the things that you really wanted to do have just been thrown into the back burner. And then when all those stresses have died down, you never kind of dug all that shit back up and said, now I really want to tap into this again. Maybe you kind of lost sight of the importance of it because you had a hectic season. Maybe it's time to bring that back into your life and think, all right, I really valued this at one time. It actually brought me a lot of happiness. Maybe I can revisit that and understand why it made me so happy or why it made me feel better about myself or really calm or these behaviors or these activities that I would do. Another thing is, are you dissatisfied with your current life? Normally when you're feeling dissatisfied with your day-to-day -day life, that's when you're more likely to seek all these quick wins and like quick hits of, of quote-unquote happiness. It's not actually happiness, but, you know, you know, 
uh, pacifying yourself from your dissatisfaction in life. And then the uncomfortable things seem really, really pointless. So if you're someone who like your life is a drag and you're like, oh my God, I just can't wait for a holiday and it's dra- I'm dragging my feet through every day to get there, you're probably more likely to be watching, you know, videos on, on your phone all the time, things that distract you, that make you, you know, feel like elated in that moment. And then when someone says, oh, you know, maybe try waking up super early or maybe try, you're like, oh, fuck that, fuck that. My life is hard enough. I don't want to do that shit. So maybe it's a sign that you might be a bit dissatisfied with your life. And the hint here is that ironically, the mundane tasks are what make a life that you're dissatisfied with really satisfying after a few weeks. Okay. So it's, it's, always going to be habits and routines that end up bringing you the most satisfaction and joy in your life. But it's just hard to see that when you're in a, in a position of dissatisfaction. And then lastly, and probably the most important one is, are you waiting for something? Are you waiting for a sense of purpose to fall into your lap or passion to fall into your lap or motivation? Or are you waiting for inspiration? They're never going to fall into your lap. Inspiration is earned a sense of purpose, a sense of passion, motivation, that's earned and it's earned through doing. Writers get inspired because they write all the time and then bang, something clicks and it flows and then they write the best thing that they've ever written. If they never ever wrote a word, those moments of inspiration would be very, 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 very few and far between. And even when they come, even when these moments of inspiration come, if you don't know what to do with it, they're gone. If you're not disciplined and trained, if you haven't disciplined your mind and trained your mind, it's gone. A writer can seize that inspiration and do something with it because they write all the time. It's the same as you. If you're always, if you're disciplining yourself and you're disciplining your mind, when an opportunity comes your way, you fucking snap it up because you are disciplined and you've trained yourself to do the things that you might find uncomfortable, but you know are fucking good for you and that, are, that make you feel very happy in the long term. Those, when you master these things in your life, you can then go for those really difficult things and then opportunities start presenting themselves and presenting themselves and you're just there ready to snap it up. If you're someone who, who doesn't want to be disciplined in just the s- smallest things in your life, you'll be hit with opportunities. But A, you might not see them and B, they'll come and you're like, ah, imposter syndrome, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel really uncomfortable. It's great that this came, but what the fuck do I do with it? Because you didn't know, you didn't have the, the resources to do it. You, weren't tra- you hadn't trained yourself to become self-disciplined enough. So have a little think and ask yourself, why don't I do these things? Is it, am I waiting for something? Am I dissatisfied with my life? Have I lost sight of importance? Do I think there's a version out there who will want to do it? Have I given up trying? Am I prioritizing different things? Find the why you are not doing the things that you know you could be doing, that you're capable of doing. Now, number four, prove it to yourself. Prove something to yourself and learn how to prove something to yourself. Not to other people, that's kind of pointless. Prove it to yourself. We've all had, you know, like a brilliant business idea. Like we've like, oh my fucking God, if I started this business, I would, it'd be a rev, I'd be a revolutionary. The world would change because of me. This is unbelievable. And then someone else actions that idea. And you think, I could have done that. I had that idea two years ago. I fucking had that idea. That was my original idea and now someone else has gone and someone who I've never spoken to in my life on the other side of the world, they've gone and done that thing. I could have done it. Could you though? Could you have done it? Because having an idea 
and actioning an idea are worlds apart. So prove it to yourself. If you think you could have done that thing, I think that's great. I love, I love, I love when you believe in yourself and you're saying, yep, I could have done something like that. But if you genuinely think you could have done something like that, then prove it to yourself. If you sit there and think, I could have done that business, then think, what else could I have done that I've wanted to do, but I never do? Go to that gym class early in the morning, not have used my phone all day long and and had more energy at the end of the day, gotten that list of things that I've been meaning to get done, but I've never gotten done, kept my wardrobe tidy for a month straight. You know, it's all, it's very easy to have an idea and then turn around and say, I could have done it. No, that's like me thinking, hmm. I could go to the gym every single day this year. And then I see someone who's gone to the gym every single day that year and said, I could have done that. It's the exact same thing. You didn't, cunt. You didn't fucking do it. So having an idea and doing something, you cannot compare. You cannot compare. You can't put yourself in the arena with someone that actually did it. Everyone can have an idea. And that original idea that we've had, and then if you've actually done something and followed it through, I can guarantee you there's a million people looking at you right now saying, I could have done that. And you're like, oh, no, you couldn't have. No, you couldn't have because you're not standing here where I am. You know what I mean? So it's this idea of just really thinking, if, if I genuinely think I could have done that, good, use that ammunition and think, right, if I could have done that, why aren't I doing the things that I'm capable of doing? Why aren't I sticking to that challenge I set myself? Why aren't I seeing through that goal that I genuinely want to see through? Why? You need to find something that you can prove to yourself because when you prove something to yourself, no one else, to yourself, then you believe in yourself more and the next thing that you want to prove to yourself becomes easier and you start proving more and more and more to yourself. You start honoring your own word and then when you say something like, I could have done that, you're like, I know for a fact that I am capable of doing that. Hence why I'm out there trying to start this business or trying to achieve this goal. You're actually doing it. You're not just sitting back saying, I had that idea too. One day you're going to be able to look at things and say, I can do that. And I know I can do that because I've proven it to myself time and time again. I have a track record. Thank you very much. It's Brittany bitch. And I can do what I've set out to do. Now, number five, this is the last point before I go into a little task for you to do. I've got a challenge for you. Lol. If you want to do it, we can all do it on the Facebook page. But number five, number five is snap out of the rut. Realize that the reason you don't get the big things in your life or why the big things seem so hard is maybe because you need to learn how to master what you already have first. That's how you learn then everything else becomes accessible and achievable and something that if and when it does fall on your lap, you know what to do with it. You are ready and you are willing. If you're always falling for distractions, if you're never disciplining yourself, if you're always playing catch up, do you think you're going to notice when, some, when something happens for you, when an opportunity that is there, when a contact is there, when a network is there, when an idea, especially when an idea enters your mind? Okay, you've got to be ready and know what to do with it. And the best way to do that is to discipline yourself. Okay, so that leads me to my next point, which is a challenge. I'm giving you all a challenge. There's a couple, there's a couple of steps. Number one, before you embark on this challenge, I would encourage you intensely to listen to episode 203 because it will really gear you up to start something that you might feel is a little bit uncomfortable. To me, 
I personally think that that episode sums up quite well when if you're about to embark on a challenge or anything that you think is difficult, listen to 203 as many times as you need to because that is going to get you into the mindset of starting a challenge or starting working on a goal or starting anything that represents some discomfort that's going to equal gain later on in life. The next thing, I want you to pick one thing to do every single day for 60 days. Now, here is the criteria. It has to be in the realm of what you're already capable of. So like I said, you can't hit some, it's not, you're not trying to hit some crazy like, oh, I'm going to do this unbelievably difficult workout every single day. No, it's got to be something in the realm of, you know, what you're capable of. And it's got to be relatively easy. You don't want it to be a mental and physical battle uphill for 60 days. The point, this is a mental fortitude challenge. This is about discipline. It's a challenge of discipline. So you're not here to smash your body. You're not here to, you know, absolutely be weeping at the end of every day. So it's got to be something that you're already capable of doing. It has to give you some pleasure, even if that pleasure is after the fact. So for example, if you pick, I want to do a cold shower every single day for 60 days or an ice bath, that's something that for a lot of people in the moment is extremely unpleasant. Not everyone, some people love it. But then afterwards, there's all these benefits and it feels amazing. You feel elated. You feel like you've accomplished a lot immediately and also in the long term. So there has to be pleasure attached to it. Uh, it has to be able to fit into your existing timetable because that's that's the whole point of today's episode. The point is what is it that you actually can do with the resources and the time and what's what's available to you, including your potentially very busy lifestyle. So it has to fit into your timetable. Um, so I would recommend that you keep it under half an hour if you need to. Not everyone would need to. So pick something. The clincher is that if you miss a day, you have to start again. And this is not because you're a fucking failure and you have to start again. It's because we are doing a mental fortitude challenge. We're talking about discipline here. We're talking about disciplining and training the mind, okay? So with a lot of things, I think the 80-20 rule is really good. You don't have to do it every single day. But this is a challenge. This is a little bit different. I want you to actually challenge yourself and think, I'm going to discipline myself. And if I lose one day... Too bad, so sad, we're back to square one. And if you want, you can come up with, with a prize for yourself at the end of 60 days. You know, delayed gratification is a great way to get you to do things. It makes you excited for something and it makes you enjoy the journey as well. So absolutely have a gift for yourself at the end or an experience or anything that you want to do for yourself, put it at the end of the 60 days, if and only once you've done the every day for 60 days, back to back, no days off. And lastly, you have to start today, not tomorrow. Unless you're listening to this in the evening, then you get a get-out-of-jail-free card for, for today and you can start tomorrow. But everyone else, I want you starting today. When you've listened to this episode, bang, you start. No fucking around. No, I'll be ready tomorrow. If you're not ready today, you're not going to ever be ready. It's now or never. So what's it going to be? I could do it or I will do it. You decide. I could or I will. I could or I will. Ask yourself that every single fucking day, especially with this 60-day challenge. Ask yourself, I could do it or I will do it. What's it going to be? What reputation do I want to give to myself? The person that does what I said I was going to do or the person that says, oh, I could have done that. I could, I could, I could, I could. And now you're 85 years old. What is it going to be? When you do this challenge, you will realize the how much you gain out of being disciplined. And 
in I can guarantee you before the 60 days are up, you're going to start adding more things to that out of your own accord. No one's going to tell you to do it. You're going to be like, well, fuck, I've done, you know, 45 days. Fuck, I want to start adding this and this. And you start actually getting pumped. There's no better feeling than, than seeing something through and proving it to yourself. Even if you don't tell a soul, it doesn't matter. Nothing feels better than sticking to something and getting it done and realizing what can happen with a disciplined mind. A disciplined mind will give you all the freedoms that you want in your life. I'm going to do a whole episode on discipline and freedom actually, maybe next week, maybe. But yeah, you're going to realize that just by doing this one simple task, you're going to start to add more and more and more and more. And then you're going to be a highly tuned machine. And when the big things that you want in your life, when those dreams, those businesses you want to start, those goals, you've, you've prepared yourself for it and they start to fall into your lap. Well, it feels like they're falling into your lap, but you're actually doing more and more with your time. You're more aware, you're more capable. And so these things just start appearing in your life and then you're just receptive. You're just accepting, 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 accepting because you're in that mindset. You're on that wavelength. Okay. Hopefully you really enjoyed that episode today. Hopefully you can put something into practice. Definitely. Let's start some conversation on the Facebook group for that 60 day challenge. Let's get some ideas rolling. If you have no idea what to do, everyone throw some ideas down on that Facebook group. Um, but yeah, keep it. If you have no idea, 10 minute meditation, you know, a 30 minute walk outside, rain, hail or shine, whatever it is, like you pick that thing, but you can't change it halfway through. It's got to be that one thing and it's got to be for 60 days in a row. Guys, I know I said I had a listener question, but I don't have time for the listener question today. I'm so sorry. Love you guys so much. And as always, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.